0: From Decrypt Media, this is The Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, F crossed $600, make 20 to 30% staking your cryptocurrency, and F 2.0 is a go. Coming up today on The Decrypt Daily. What's up, everyone? Today is Tuesday, November 24th, 2020, and what a day, what a day. So much bullish news in the crypto space, so much bullish price action, and the only thing we could do is, when are we going to get that pullback? That's I think everybody's just on edge. Anybody that's been here since 2017 who saw a run-up like this and then has been sitting there in crypto winter in the bear market for the past three years are just sitting there like... When is the bottom going to fall out? When is the sky going to fall? When is it all going to come crashing down? I'm not sure. I don't care. For now, I'm going to be happy. And I'm going to tell you the crypto prices. Here comes the money.
1: Here we go. Money talks.
0: And I'm recording this at 2.30 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $19,200, up 4.4% from yesterday, crossing that $19,000 mark, heading up to the all-time high. Ethereum, 607.08, up 1.5% from yesterday, crossing the $600 mark. Litecoin crossed the $90 mark a couple times today, but now it's sitting at 89 84 up 3% from yesterday. Chainlink, 15 dollars up 5% from yesterday. And XRP is on a damn tear, up 30% from yesterday, sitting at almost 70 cents. I am sorry. I just refreshed the screen, and it said 71.5 cents. That is absolutely insane. I can't even talk about these numbers fast enough without them changing. <laughs> Top 5 coins out there is Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, Tether, Bitcoin Cash, Chainlink, Litecoin, Cardano, Polkadot and Binance. Did I say top 5, I meant top 10. Total market cap for all cryptocurrencies is $578.4 billion with a BTC dominance of 61.5%. In our first conversation today, we have on Dermot Aroden, partner at Eden Block, talking about the F price action. What are we going to see in the future? Why is F $600? Can it go even higher? Will it go lower? Well, that's what we're going to talk about right now. Hey,
2: Matthew, thanks for having me on.
0: We have a lot of business to cover right now. We are over $600 in Ethereum price. You know, the prices of all cryptocurrencies are skyrocketing right now, but everybody's always focusing on Bitcoin. But I think the real story here is Ethereum. Tell me what the price is doing and what you're seeing coming in the future.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Matthew. I, th- I think it's listen. There's there's a few things going on, right? So um, I think you said the first one. So I think the first thing is is Bitcoin is the is the rising tide that lifts all ships, right? So Bitcoin Bitcoin goes up. I think it's it's pulling up everything else with it. So I think we're seeing that with everything that you see, uh, both good and bad. But I think. So as more users come in, I think the first thing they look at is, you know, of course, they're buying their Bitcoin, but then also, what else can we buy? Let's get a kind of taste for what else is out there. And also, as they kind of start to educate themselves, they're kind of looking at other assets. And Ethereum is naturally kind of typically number two for most people once they talk to other people in the space. What's going on? What's the vision for Ethereum? That's quite exciting to most people in terms of building this decentralized computer that anyone can read and write to. And actually, we can all kind of coordinate on a global scale. And actually, I think there's an interesting point here, actually, on if you look at, uh, I think a lot of people are talking about in terms of the rise of Bitcoin with kind of the new channels for, for purchasing Bitcoin and uh, the rise of PayPal and making it easier for people to buy crypto. In terms of the volumes actually on Paxos, which helps enable a lot of the kind of crypto purchases for Bitcoin, actually the volume was definitely skewed towards Bitcoin over the last few weeks. But actually a friend was showing me yesterday that uh, Ethereum is actually now close to parity for for purchasing on the terms of the volumes going through PayPal. So that shows mm-hmm. you that. Clearly, it's catching on. People are waking up. There's there's more out there than just Bitcoin, and it's certainly, my view, it's, it's definitely not zero sum. But um, that's the kind of crypto macro kind of view of it. But actually, if you're looking at the fundamentals, I think there's there's two major drivers for for, for Ethereum right now, and that's uh, one is is DeFi. Looking at this day last year, I think it was roughly six hundred million dollars locked up in total DeFi protocols. It's over twenty x that as of today. Right. That's all happening on Ethereum. That's rising, that's growing, and um, that's something that's not going away. And actually, I think, again, uh, without getting too technical on this, there's a, I mean, I think the big value prop for Ethereum ultimately is the composability. The fact that you can have developers that can put out a piece of code and actually another developer can interact with that code freely and you don't have to ask for permission. You don't have to kind of knock on their door or call them up. You can do that freely and permissionlessly. So there's um, have a friend put it out on Twitter, a guy called from Bison Trails, that it's kind of the 90-day moving average for internal contract calls on Ethereum, which is essentially a measure of composability. And that's been skyrocketing. Over the last kind of few months, it, it never went over half a million up until, I think, towards the end of last year, and then it was just over a million calls per day as of March this year, and now it's well over three million. And that's kind of uh, that kind of shows you, I guess, the real the value prop for Ethereum and the fact that people are using it for that kind of composability benefit as well.
0: I like how you went with the macro and the micro, and I and the value prop. But I want to talk about the average investor coming into the space where everything is. Bitcoin, Bitcoin—it's kind of like, um, Saran Wrap, right? We all know it's is food wrap, but it, you know the brand made everything Saran Wrap. Any kind of plastic film you put over your food is Saran Wrap. Every kind of cryptocurrency is Bitcoin. It's just it's not people thinking a cheaper Bitcoin, or people just not looking at it, going, "Oh, that one's nineteen thousand. This one's six hundred is cheaper. Let's buy this on PayPal, or let's buy this one on Robinhood." Do you think that that's more of the case than these fundamentals, or do you think that it's actually about? The more about the building on
2: Ethereum? I think you're 100% right that there's an element of that. You know, the fact that Ethereum on, its, on paper is $600 and you're like, oh, but I've heard a lot of things about Ethereum and everyone's talking about Bitcoin as well. That seems cheaper. I can get more bang for my book, right? So I think people aren't necessarily looking at market cap and fully diluted valuations and all these things in the same, in the, in the same way. And I, I completely agree. But I think there's sort a bit of both always. I think the fundamental side is, is, is real though. I think, you know, yesterday, I think we'd have to kind of point out that the E2 deposit contract got filled up over $300 million was committed to the new beacon chain. So, and I think comparing the two, I think they're very, very different. Like, I mean, Bitcoin doesn't really need to change, right? Digital gold. Um, so, you know, non-sovereign kind of censorship resistant hedge to the dollar. It's there. That doesn't need to change too much. It's a kind of, it's doing its thing and it's going to get bigger and better and it's getting real institutional adoption. Ethereum is, like, it's it's early. It's like, it's, I mean, it's people are going to hate me for saying this, but it's almost like it's a testnet stage in many ways. It's got an early product market fit. People are using it, but it doesn't work at, at scale right now. And actually, if E2 kind of kicks off, and actually if all the kind of the great scaling benefits come to play, this is a real venture play. And I think that's the interesting thing for Ethereum is it does have that under x potential still. It is this early stage platform that we can use for for sure for digital money, but actually we're seeing Bitcoin being used on Ethereum as well. So I think... And, you know some of the people have been hard shilling on twitter and sometimes a bit too hard but i think some of those uh things are coming out i think some of that narrative is getting true i think i think that maybe for me i think i'm definitely kind of had feet in camp camps. i definitely don't think it's zero sum i think when we look back in 10 years time and we'll laugh how there were kind of Ethereum and bitcoin wars when people look like these are so completely different but obviously they completely help each other i think with bitcoin rising it helps ethereum ethereum rising it's going to help bitcoin bitcoin uh, ethereum helps make bitcoin more programmable and and just kind of yeah help that kind of value kind of happen across all these new kind of capital markets platforms are occurring on uh, ethereum as a yeah.
0: you said you said a possibility of 100x that's a big number i don't want to focus that my, that, that big of a number because i'm going to have fomo and go out and you know maybe mortgage <laughs> mortgage my my house what do you th- what do you think about the short term what do you see this this how this is going to play out through the end of the year maybe into q1 of next year what do you think of the price is it going to pull back? I mean, people, are, everybody's saying it's going to pull back. It's going to pull back. But they've been saying it for a couple of weeks and it still hasn't. What What are you seeing for coming in the end of this year into Q1? Yeah,
2: so I think, I think that there's an interesting point that I think holders of Bitcoin have had it easier than the holders of Ethereum. Holders of Ethereum have had it bad since early 2018. I mean, it hasn't risen <laughs> to the same the same levels. It mm. hasn't had the same retracing. It's been a tough time for ETH holders. And I think if they've got this far, they're largely going to hold on for a bit longer. I think we're still, we're roughly halfway to all time highs when it was what, twelve hundred or it was it fourteen hundred? I can't quite remember. So I think I mean so I'm not an active trader. I'm a long term modeler and we as a firm we 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 make long-term venture capital bets, but actually I think looking at Ethereum and talking to other even short-term traders, they're looking at 2500 as a, as a kind of price point. I think some people in Bitcoin might be looking at lower numbers than that to kind of potentially sell off. I think they might be more rational, but I think it's almost like a religious nature that people have been too thick and thin in terms of following Ethereum and they realize it still isn't ready for prime time, so they're going to hold out. They, I think they, they, they want to see 10x plus minimum. I think for me, I think definitely even looking at the value of Ethereum, and actually I think if you look at some of the metrics again, I guess, yeah, of course, I'm always going to go back to the fundamentals but what Visa is worth like 6x the kind of value of uh, ethereum i think Visa is actually currently processing roughly 5x the total value going through ethereum that's not much um that's actually that's a very small difference right now and of course it's very different platforms but i personally think ethereum can do a hell of a lot more in terms of yeah, programmable money, but about kind of programmable real estate assets and everything else in between.
0: You mentioned Visa, and we're talking about it working with the outside world. Ethereum working with the outside world, and when it's working with the outside world, we're talking about you know value propositions. We're talking money coming in, coming out. We're talking about real-world use cases. We're talking about people uh, using it to either microtransactions or or micropayments or loans or you know anything in DeFi or even maybe as a as a currency to go buy a Starbucks coffee. Uh, there's many potentials for Ethereum. Ethereum. How much money do you think is in Ethereum that's not even leaving the Ethereum ecosystem? That's just getting bounced around by traders and speculators and, you know, all this stuff that isn't even dealing with anything that we, the average person, can use it these days. And first question, how much of the money is in there that's just, you know, basically inside baseball? And the second question is, when does it start leaving if it's all inside?
2: Interesting. Yeah, so I think, yeah, so I guess okay. the first point, okay, I think Ethereum has survived and its main use case today has been speculation, right? Anyone can issue a token, personal token, whatever else in between, whatever bullshit get you excited. And some people have got excited about that and happy to kind of trade around the shitcoin trading. That Ethereum invented shitcoin trading. I think that's been the major use <laughs> yes. case today. And it's kind of bootstrapped it to where it is where actually, oh, wait, maybe, so, maybe all of a sudden we're actually ready for real assets. So I think there's a huge proportion of the value for sure based around shitcoins coins and that trading and keeping that going. But that's almost bootstrap real businesses. All of a sudden there's real traders, there's real market makers, there's real exchanges. And the kind of joke exchanges like Uniswap, hey, they're now backed by serious venture capital firms and institutions. And that's it all becoming, everyone's growing up a little bit. So um, while I can't put an exact number on it, I think there's definitely still a huge proportion of the use case today is speculation. But I think in terms of, Moving beyond to that next stage, I think we're going to start to see, I think, crypto itself becoming its own bank. As people start to use it more for for payments, I think that's the the rise of stablecoins, the fact that you can put your assets into kind of Yearn or any of these assets and almost have an asset management firm kind of deploying investments, earning you yield um, on a whole bunch of different platforms, whether it's Aave or Compound and so on. I think that's pretty powerful. and I think the other fintechs are kind of looking at that and going, fuck, I want a piece of that. You know, and they might try to take it in for themselves. And actually, hey, if you're a user of Robinhood, why don't we actually let you lend some money out on Compound? And this is kind of fun. It's kind of crypto, and it's a little bit different, a little bit edgy. So I think definitely kind of see fin- the kind of edgier fintechs merging with DeFi, and then kind of merging back. But um, and I think almost. Yeah, Ethereum is this kind of capital markets platform um and that's kind of open and permissionless and then you'll know, interact with it is pretty powerful. And then you can add on all that kind of programmatic incentives and the gamification stuff, right? So I think the fact that you can program in these incentives, the fact that these community building around this, I think it's just very different. And it's uh I think we're gonna see whole new types of behaviors emerging, which we just never could believe before, just because the type of innovation we're building and the type of open platforms just hasn't been achieved in the same way before. So um yeah, I think that's the kind of the big bet. And that's kind of Personally, what's that keeping me going and getting up, getting, getting
0: me over in the morning as well? Right on. Dermot O'Rourke a partner at Blockchain VC Fund Eden Block. Thank you very much for coming on the show and spitting the game. Cheers, my
2: Thank you very
0: much. Next, we're going to talk to Jason Wu, CEO of Definer, and he's going to talk about his launch of Taurus. And Taurus is a way to stake your cryptocurrency and make. 20 to 30% interest. I am very, very skeptical, and I'm very, very curious about the sustainability of this business model. Well, I'm going to ask him that, so stay tuned and check it out. Jason, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Hey. So you guys just released a new product today called Taurus. We're talking, you claim 20 to 30% interest off of your staking for your loans and deposits. First, tell me what Taurus is. Tell me why you made this. And then I have some questions about that return.
1: Yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. And Taurus is our DeFi Stevens product. With the uh, Taurus, users can easily deposit their cryptos to earn interest. Also, if you want interest uh, loans, and you can take loans against your crypto. So uh, that's how Taurus work. You can deposit with a borrow against your crypto anytime and anywhere you want. Uh, also, uh, that's why, like uh, the lenders enjoy a high interest, and uh, together with you know the our fin token, and uh, it's already on the secondary market. We have a liquidity mining program that will also compensate the users who provide liquidity to the uh, platform. That's why at the beginning uh, users can earn a very good interest rate.
0: Okay, so you said at the beginning, and I have some questions about the interest rate in a minute. But uh, you can deposit ETH, USDC, and of course your Fin token, and I assume Bitcoin as well, uh, to use as a statements account, and yeah, yeah, may have interest. Yeah, yeah. So what is the guarantee that people will be safe? Depositing their cryptocurrency on your platform. And I'm asking this because I talked yeah. to Celsius, I talked to BlockFi, I talked to uh, different people trying to do this same product. What gives you gives you what makes you safer or safe with people's crypto?
1: Uh, safe has two perspectives. One is from engineer perspective. So, like, you know, we have the best smart contract team and our engineer who worked for the leading project before. And, uh, you know, they can design uh, the product as what we want, you know, uh, in the business logic. A second, we have been through like two rounds of auditing and uh, that's solve a problem like uh, from uh, engineering perspective is a pretty safe platform. Uh, You know, the recent explode in the DeFi area, those problem which is manipulation of Oracle price. We already identified that, uh, like a long time ago. So we know how to protect users from. Second is from uh, the business model perspective, it's all over collateralized loan. So, which means any deposit that you put in the platform, if anyone want to borrow that deposit, they need to put more collateral. So it's always over collateralized. So you don't need to worry about the default. In this way, uh, since the start, the beta test, which is around two months ago, uh, we don't have any like loss of users' from. So even if that happened, we have the insurance program. We also have the Fin Token economy can cover people's loss. So that's why I say it's very secure and safe for users.
0: Twenty to thirty percent interest sounds absolutely unbelievable. And I'm going to say that when it's too sounds too good to be true, it's probably not true. I am very skeptical of of 20 to 30%. How are you going to give somebody 20 to 30%? How long is that going to last? Is that like an introductory rate for six months or something? Um, And and then give me a realistic number. Look, Celsius is offering 12% on USDT or DAI or USDC. And that is, even though it's very high, it's almost unbelievable as well. But it's still more manageable, I think. 30, 20 to 30% is not manageable. What is the real number of interest you're gonna get after this introductory rate?
1: I think sustainable at least uh, still between fifteen to twenty percent. Let me give you an example, right? So the interest rate right now is uh, the real money from the user. One from the borrowers, like the borrower pay back the loan. Second, uh, because our design mechanism, we park on use capital to compound. So Compound gave us their token through their mining program, also gave us interest. So uh, then uh, the third, uh, the, the, the revenue, all the money came from uh, the token, as we also launched our token. So actually a big portion of the profit came from the secondary trading market. So, you know, there's a, right now, the Bitcoin market is very good, uh, the bull market, and there's a lot of people trading. That's why all the traders actually contribute to the profit to the, uh, you know, the savings users. So uh, in a very long time, the rate will at least be over 10%. Uh, 20%, uh, in my opinion, is kind of sustainable as long as the market condition is good, as long as there's a people trading the tokens. So that, that's how the DeFi right now work. Actually, a lot of profit take away from the traders then give back to the miners you, you see what that means
0: mm, i understand i understand well i i hope that this is sustainable um since we're in a bull, a lot of money has been floating around i would like to see how this works in a bear market but i do want to yeah. say congratulations on your launch i want to see how this rolls out i hope you come back in about three months to talk about it and see how those interest payments are paying out sir i will have you have a yeah, good day Absolutely.
1: you have a good day and all right for coming on yeah thanks a lot mike Nice to talk to you again
0: and another news today. It's going to be one of those news cycles, I think, through this whole bull run where I can't keep up fast enough and everything I say is outdated by the time I say it. Just yesterday, I was talking about F2.0, only staking about 50% needed to launch F2.0. Remember, you needed to have at least 16,384 validators with a combined stake of 524,288 F by November 24th to launch f2.0 on december 1st well when i reported yesterday on the 23rd 50% of that eth was staked i woke up this morning and well i was wrong all the eth is staked and f is on a roll to launch december 1st so we're gonna have staked ethereum 2.0 launching december 1st i i, I don't even know what the hell happened where'd the eth come from where did the rest of the eth come from long story short it's there and f2.0 is a go on time. Bitcoin price hits $19,000. And this is very interesting because now everybody's talking about trending to hit the all-time high. But what all-time high are we talking about? If you look at all the different exchanges and all the different places where you can price Bitcoin, the all-time high isn't just one number. It's many numbers. If you look at BigMex, it was over $20,000. If you look at Kraken, it was around $19,666. If you looked at other exchanges, it's anywhere from between $19,666 and $19,999. What is the all-time high price? I think that's a very interesting question. What metrics should we go on? Should we do a weighted average on all of those prices to say, eh, it's roughly around $19,980, and that's what we're going to say? Well, I don't care. I'm calling $20,000 is the all-time high. Once it hits 20000 we hit it. That's what I say. I'm not going to play these games of all these other things. We've been saying 20,000 is all-time high all this time. Let's hit 20,000. Let's break 20,000 and let's just keep going straight up to the moon to the $140,000 that JP Morgan predicts. And finally, Binance is kicking the US users off their exchange again and giving them a 14 days notice to leave the exchange. They sent this lovely little message the other day and here it is. Dear users, as we constantly perform periodic sweeps of our existing controls, we noted that you are trying to access Binance while having identified yourself as a U.S. person. Please note that per our terms of use, Binance.com slash English slash terms, we are unable to service U.S. persons. You have 14 days to close all active positions on your account and withdraw your funds. Failing to do so will have your account be locked. Once your account is locked, you have to raise customer service ticket for us to assist you further. Thank you for your continued support. And we apologize for any inconvenience caused. Sincerely, Binance team. Oh, that's such a nice message. Good thing Binance.us is in service, but they don't have all the shit coins that you love on Binance. So it's going to be a little bit tricky. So what do you do? Don't panic. That's number one. If you are a novice, this is probably for you. If you're a pro, you already know what to do. If you're a novice, Here's what you do, you go to CoinMarketCap, you find the market pairs, you find the different exchanges. Well, first of all, you shouldn't have your money on an exchange anyway, but you wanna make sure that you have liquidity, that you are able to get back onto the exchange to exit your position when you wanna sell your coins. That is a big thing. I recommend downloading some wallets first. Get them off your exchange, get them into your ledgers, get them into your uh, app wallets, your Exodus, your trust wallets, or, or whatever wallet you think is gonna be good for you. Make sure you write down your seed phrases and you secure your crypto in those wallets. But also, go to CoinMarketCap.com and see the market pairs. Look at the different exchanges. Make sure that you are able, as an American citizen, to access those accounts. And if all else fails, get a VPN. $50 to $100 bucks for the year to tell the exchange that you're somewhere else. It looks as though Binance is just cutting it off for U.S. people. If you are registered as a U.S. person, you're just saying, Nah, we're not dealing with you. I don't know how it is, VPN or not but you don't want to have your crypto locked in the exchange. Make sure you can liquidate your crypto. Make sure that you can find another exchange that works for you and get your coins off this exchange and all other exchanges. Don't keep your coins on the exchange, please. Just remember, if you bought one Bitcoin at $3,800 back in March, that one Bitcoin now is heading up to $20,000. It might have been a little bit of money then, but now it is a substantial amount of money more make sure that you do not relinquish your power to exchanges going down stopping your funds closing your accounts or getting hacked hold on to your crypto off the exchange thank you for listening to this episode of the decrypt daily remember we're on facebook facebook group facebook page search us the decrypt daily and you can also reach out to me if you want to say what's up matthew aaron at decrypt.co or matthew aaron at decryptmedia.com Again, while the crypto market is bulling, we will be here seven days a week for your crypto news, your crypto prices and all of your crypto information. So don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, share, like and leave us a comment so people can know we're here. So they know that seven days a week they have a resource they
1: can trust. I'll see you tomorrow. Happy HODLing.